Hello and welcome to Geek Space Nine, the Tuscan Shed Media Network podcast where we discover and or rediscover the classic Star Trek series, Deep Space Nine. With me as always is Peter Dancy. How are you, Peter? I'm pretty good. I uh, just have a bit of a headache, unlike Aww. the left side of my head, stemming mm. from my temple. Uh, if, any, if anyone has any kind of medical knowledge, let me know what you think this might be. Um, so, so <laughs> you know, once we're done recording it. If it's uh, WebMD, yeah. you ask, it's a tumor. You're if dying. it's WebMD, it's either a tumor or cancer or death, so we'll figure out. Um, but yeah, it probably is allergies or whatever. It's a weird part of this of the year in, in Texas with the season. So once we're done with this, I'm going to like just chill and watch a little bit of YouTube and sleep because I work early in the morning tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. And we also are joined by Sarah Becker. How are you, Sarah? I'm I'm doing great. It is in the mid fifties in North Texas, and I am drinking some of my mom's very lovely hot spiced wine, which is just port wine and Jim Beam and spices. So I may be asleep by the end of this podcast, but it will be a very happy sleep. No, just, just awesome. put put me right under. It's fine. I'll just take it intravenously, <laughs> except I don't need to because it's tasty. <laughs> And I am your host, Ben, who is not uh, full of malt wine uh, or have a headache. So I'll be the most awake for this podcast, I Yay. think. It's true. <laughs> Here we go. Which is good because I have... Ooh, a lot happened. These are some... These so are some, many things. A lot of things. These are some big old episodes. We got a lot to talk about. So we are discussing Season 6, Episode 5, and Episode 6, which are Favor the Bold and Sacrifice of Angels. So first up is Favor the Bold, which I always want to call Flavor the Bold, which like to <laughs> me is like a tagline from a 90s chip ad. Flavor yeah, the Bold. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like it. Actually, I think Doritos might have even actually had that chip ad. <laughs> actually, yeah, I think you're right. Oh, did they really? I bet you. Well, maybe. maybe not, but it seems like it certainly seems <laughs> something like something they, they would have. Right. I was trying to find a lot of those like early 2000s extreme ads, and I couldn't. And uh, if anyone has mm. a great compilation, please send it to me, because <laughs> I want to relive that so much. All right, but this is Favor the Bold. Let's switch it up this time and talk about Tarok Nor first. Quark and Rom try to see Odo to discuss getting Rom out of jail, but Odo is too busy uh, screwing the female changeling. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm okay. Fim Change is glad Fim Odo Change. shared that with her and asks him if he regrets not engaging Kira in gland-to-gland combat. Eh, sex jokes. He says he doesn't want to talk about it, so instead they bang the old-fashioned changeling way and please God, make this scene stop. Oh, thankfully it does, as we cut to a Yoon trying to figure out all this art shit when Kira walks in and asks for Rom's release. Yoon informs her he will be released from his body, because he's going to be executed. Kira tries to argue that since Rom is married to a Bajoran, the government will look down on the killing, but Wayun extends only the courtesy of not counting Lita as a co-conspirator. Rom tells Quark that if they can't save him, that Quark has to take down the anti-graviton beam, or else the war will be lost. Quark doesn't want to get involved, but he is shocked when Damar reveals that he is the beam working, and the minefield should be destroyed within the week. La Resistance tries to find a way to get a message out to Starfleet to warn them, and Jake suggests hiding it in a present Morn is taking to his mom for her birthday. No. Aw, I in... want to meet Morn's mom. Yeah. <laughs> I hope she doesn't talk either. <laughs> yeah. Or just talks the entire time. Yes. And Morn can't get a word in edgewise. I would like that even more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the war room, Dukat and Wiyun watch the mine's self-replication devices being destroyed. When Damar comes in to discuss how Starfleet seems to be rallying their troops for something big. Dukat asks Damar to speak to Zial, who is mad at Dukat for not intervening and trying to save Rom. Damar meets Zial and Kira in the cargo bay. He demands that Zial be with Dukat when they win the war, but she refuses. When Damar tries to manhandle Zial, Kira beats the shit out of him. Yeah. Dukat realizes the Federation will attack Terok Nor, so he sends all the Cardassian and Jem'Hadar ships out to engage. While they may not have enough ships to hold the station, they can certainly wipe out the minefield in time for reinforcements to arrive. Meanwhile, Odo and Femchange discuss the coming war, and Odo is shocked that, What? The founders are dicks? Crazy. Odo finds Kira and tries to apologize, and wisely she says, Oh, fuck off, dickhead. 
Meanwhile, rewind to Starbase 371. Jadzia is upset at Cisco that so many times they've had to retreat and morale is low for the crew. Cisco agrees, but notes they must hold on to their forces until they see their best opportunity, and that opportunity looks to be taking back DS9. He tells his plans to the Admirals, who note to fight that big of a force, they will have to take significant forces from Earth, leaving it fairly undefended. Cisco notes that this is a risk, but that if the minefield is taken down, then the war will likely be lost. Cisco asks Martok to speak with Garon about supplying the Klingon fleet, but Martok is not convinced Garon will allow Kronos to be undefended. But he agrees to go with Worf and speak to him just in case. Sisko receives Morn's present of doom, and with that news, they realize they have to attack now despite having lower numbers than expected and no sign of help from the Klingons. Admiral Ross comes to wish Sisko good luck, and Sisko tries to sell him a timeshare on Bajor, because he's definitely going to retire there. Nog is promoted to Ensign Nog, and the fleet leave for DS9. The crew encounter the massive Dominion fleet that is almost twice their size, and Sisko tells over the comm that fortune favors the bold, and to be continued. Da, 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 da. What do we think? Uh, favor the bold. Having watched both this episode and the episode that comes after it, this feels like a table-setting episode, but it also feels like how a table-setting episode should be done. There were still mm. so many good things in this episode, and I was really engaged the whole time, and it also left me feeling really, really excited for what happens next. I agree. How about you, Peter? No, yeah, definitely what Sarah said. Like, like never have I... You usually when I watch um, shows on Netflix that shows on Netflix and uh, and there's like an I reach the end of like whatever episode and there and there's an episode afterwards I just kind of like let it move on to it like just naturally with it with its whole automatic countdown this time I was like no I'm just clicking on it right now we're doing this <laughs> couldn't even wait the uh, twenty seconds for autoplay <laughs> nope twenty seconds is too long <laughs> yes I really enjoyed this episode quite a bit. Obviously, it's all leading up to the next episode, and we will talk much, much about that. But I agree, it is, it is good for a table-setting episode. It's not just sort of like a... I mean, I guess the more the, the, the um, Starbase 375 stuff is mostly just more table-setting. There really isn't much character development or anything there. Mm-hmm. But it's all the stuff on Tarek Nora that's really exciting. Yes. Uh, it is yeah. the uh, Odo being conflicted and having really gross scenes with the female changeling which are effectively gross yes. and uh uh and uh, it's it's um it's it's quark having to realize that he might have to be the one to actually stick his neck out yes. rick and casablanca and it's about kira and her conflicted feelings about odo i mean mostly being really mad at him right now but certainly mostly mad mostly those, those those years of 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 support she did have for him before he decided to be gross and want to have sex all the time and uh and and yeah so i think that was that was the stuff that was really good while the the um so you had a mix of that whereas you know you also had the oh and then zial of course which is also going to pay yes. off yeah and then uh and then the um Cisco stuff is just the table setting get you really hype for the next episode look Although... at all those goddamn starships yes all the ships so excited for the upcoming space battle yeah yes. so what are we gonna say sir space battle uh, just just to say that uh yes the the stuff on the star base does feel a bit slower but um dax being captain of the defiant is just really hot and that's all mm-hmm. i'm gonna say about that um yeah yes it's, it's too bad we're not pro wharf and her because the scene where he's like Saved you again. She's like, "Hey, it was cute. It was pretty cute." If a little if you bit, t- if I, you think, liked... I think I wrote blech. <laughs> we're, yes. we're going up. We're we're going from ah to blech. Everyone, we're, <laughs> mm-hmm. we're weaning our way forward. We at least put in effort to like you know give it a semi-official sound <laughs> mm-hmm. instead of just a groan. Yeah. So uh uh uh. Yeah, so I I think that is absolutely true. She's very hot as a commander, and I kind of hope she just keeps commanding the Defiant because it's really cute. Yes. I would like that. She she needs that. So let's go down the list. Uh, First, let's talk about Odo. How do you feel about 
his sequences other than being grossed out. Oh, no. Mm. I mean, I it's... S- Go ahead, Peter. I was, gonna, I, I was just going to say, like, I can see why he would be... In, why he would almost kind of easily get into this position because this is his first time dealing with anyone who is like him and dealing with another changeling long term for, for more than like five minutes for longer than a longer than just a hostile confrontation well obviously hostile confronta- confrontation um of course excluding when he was made into a solid um so so i can see how he'd be put in this position because so so that he can be honestly rather easily rather easily manipulated into losing track of time and not realizing that it's been three days um, and that he's missed entire meetings and that he has no idea what's going outside of the room. So, but, at, but I, I do, st- I do like though, how he still kind of remains part of, still remains who he was even before the change things, you know, showed up. He's still very much, you, you see that questioning air that he's still very much about his people. And that is the crew of DS9. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah, do you have something you want to say? Well, I was I, I had a, a question about Odo's makeup in in this episode. Mm. Um, I almost felt like it was it was something very, very subtle. And I may have even just been imagining it, but it almost looked to me like he looked even less humanoid than he did before. Or maybe he just looks tired because we're not in season one anymore. We're, we were in season six. Um, but uh, I don't know. Did, did you guys notice anything, or was I making that up? Mm-hmm. I didn't notice anything, though. I certainly felt like he was often in dark shadow. Yeah, certain, that might yeah. have been it. Just different lighting, lighting wise. You know, it's it's the Luke Skywalker uh, school of lighting. That's very smart. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, there's that great shot in I think Return of the Jedi where Luke is half in shadow and half in light, and sums it all up pretty well <laughs> visually. Mm-hmm. Super so I certainly symbolic. think it's similar, where it's like he is. He's constantly sort of uh, facing these demons, you know. Yes. This is my stretch uh, of of I probably saw this and no one else did, but it reminded me a lot of 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 what you hear about uh, uh, like people who like corn off their like partners or someone else or like someone they want to control, like the methods they use to control somebody. Because mm-hmm. mm. like she separates him from his friends, make sure yeah. that they can never see his friends. She like keeps him occupied so that he loses all track of time yeah. by doing the link or, or, or other things. And she's like constantly undermining his friends. She's constantly reminding him that she's the only way that he can bring him back into the fold and stuff. So it was like that. I just, I just saw like a very similar manipulation tactics to stuff I've heard before about people who kind of like control one other person for their whole life. Like uh, uh, a good example I thought is this movie called them. Um, Oh, I forget the movie name. Sorry. It stars Paul Dano, and it's about uh, Brian Wilson. And Brian Wilson, who's the lead singer of the Beach Boys, um, when he was older, he had schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had a handler who basically uh, took all of his money and kept him secluded from everybody. And then eventually Brian Wilson met this woman, and the woman realized what was going on, and she helped him escape from this guy. And she got the guy put behind jail and stuff. And just a lot of that movie reminded me of stuff that Odo is going through. Like when he said, like, it's been three days and he had no idea. It's like, I feel like she's integrating something he's never seen before, almost like a drug, you know? Uh-huh. And yeah. uh, and sort of keeping him from uh, everybody else who could get him help and realize what actually matters to him. Because, like, throughout the episode, she keeps being like, link with me, link with me. Because she knows that's, like, the one thing she has over everybody else. Right. Know, right. Her one power that no one else can do is give him this kind of feeling of oh, this is what I'm supposed to do as a you know a changeling this is like my what our species does you know but she can't get rid of that goddamn conscience it's still there buried deep inside yeah he's been raised with a, with a conscience too for too long for her mm-hmm. to completely kill that exactly so as much as I'm very mad at Odo I, I at least believe sort of the, the reasons he stops caring and then cares again yeah 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 no i can i can definitely i definitely see that i can i can definitely get behind that analysis do you think of your kira that you could forgive odo 
At that point, I would say no, but I'm going to reserve judgment until we talk about the next episode. That's yeah. true. That's true. I guess we'll, well, I'll ask that question again at the end. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, let's talk about Quark, who also has a little uh, yes. arc in these two episodes. Gaining more of a conscience every day. No. Quark's It's a Wonderful Life continues. <laughs> yeah, like I said, he's very Rick from uh, uh, Casablanca, where it's like, you can't be neutral forever, you know? He's just, he's he's so like, I just run my bar, and whoever's in charge of DS9, Terracnor, whatever, it's whatever, I just run my bar. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you eventually you have to choose a side, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Actually, I do, I do have one more thing to say about Odo really quickly. Mm-hmm. I just glanced back at my notes. Um, sure. The female changeling says at one point to Wayun that Odo is more important than the Alpha Quadrant. And I wonder... If in some uh, later episode in this season, if uh, Odo's going to realize that, and maybe he'll say, "I go, I'll go with you back to the link if you'll leave the Alpha Quadrant alone," <laughs> or you know, I, to save Kira or something like that. I wondered that too. This episode is the first one where it made me think that there's possible that we'll end the series without Odo on DS9. Yeah, that mm. there will be some form of like, "I'm gonna go home." For mm-hmm. better or worse, mm-hmm. you know. Yes, sorry. Uh, now now that, that I said that, back to Quark. No, it's cool. Uh, let's move on to. Uh, well, I guess we talk about Kira. Do you want to talk about Kira real quick, or is there much else to say for her? Uh, uh, oh, when um, originally when Damar was telling Quark that they were uh, getting ready to blow up the minefield, I thought that Damar was like planting a seed or like trying to force the resistance's hand by giving them false info or, you Mm. know, giving them true info, but letting them know what was up so they would reveal themselves. And I guess in, in a way, maybe they kind of did. We'll talk about that in the next episode, but that was, that was my first thought with Damar. I was like, why are you telling this to Quark? Like really? Yeah. I think he's just a braggart, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, and and like I said, Cork is the one guy who's trying to be Sweden. You know, he's trying to be <laughs> yes. neutral and don't stick my neck out for nobody and all that stuff. So, but that said, Damaris maybe the dumbest Cardassian on the station because he wrote yeah. that stupid pad thing and then he told them about the minefield. <laughs> yeah, don't write it down. <laughs> there are certain things that you just don't write down. You tell face to face. Mm-hmm. Then he does something next episode we'll talk about. He's maybe one of the stupidest Carnassians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I have a note in here that it's it, I I didn't write down who it was for, but I'm sure pretty sure it was for Damar. My note is just somebody slap him. Yeah. <laughs> and then my next note is in all caps. Yeah, Narice. So I'm pretty so, sure it was yeah, Damar for when she beats the shit out of him. I was really hoping it would be somebody slapped him and then somebody slapped him. Exclamation mark. <laughs> it should have been. <laughs> you are right. Um so yeah, let's find, let's end with talking about Zial. Has a very interesting change throughout this it at least justified one part of Sons and Daughters, which I still, which I'm going to talk about later, but still mm-hmm. is not a good episode overall. But at least the reintroduction of Zial led to something interesting. Yeah. In this show. Yeah. But yeah, what do you think of sort of her change? I was change? very proud of her for being able to manipulate her father so well. Mm. Right. Yes. She was trying to say stuff like, uh, like if you want to show you're really in charge and not the Dominion, you can stop. And I was like. Eh. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's like if you, if you want to prove to the Bajorans that you are actually a great man, prove to me that you are a great man and pardon me. Yes. Like don't right. like don't don't let don't let what they're telling you actually be true. Let what they're let what they're telling me be fake news. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and to appeal to uh, Ducat's arrogance instead of his uh, quote unquote humanity. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Very clever. And uh, we get a little bit. This is jumping ahead to next episode, but we get a little bit of the difference of opinions between the Dominion and the Cardassians in an interesting way. Yeah. Next mm-hmm. episode, where they're more like, just kill everyone on Earth because it's easier. And his is like, no, they must fear you. They must, you know, he's very, you know, they must love you for being a conqueror. Uh, which is very, mm-hmm. 
American again. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I agree. I've been very proud of Zial, and she's been one of the more interesting, quiet side characters. Mm-hmm. Like a slow burn that's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting that she was just like sort of this one-off episode and then sort of slowly developed. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was one of those situations where where like pro- 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 probably in the same in the same vein as Wayun, the the character was supposed to be like just in one episode but the cast and crew and and viewers loved that character so much that they were just like why don't we bring them back you know what hey do you want to have a more permanent role you want to have a more permanent role fuck yeah okay cool we'll write you in <laughs> might also explain was there's three actresses who played yes <laughs> yeah um yes so Anything else to say for Favor the Bold? Um, I liked <clears throat> Garrick's quote towards the end of, uh, I always hope for the best. Experience, unfortunately, has taught me to expect the worst. <laughs> Too true, Garrick. Too true. Oh, God, that's life mm. lessons right there, unfortunately. Yes. Yep. All right. Well, next up is Season 6, Episode 6, Sacrifice of Angels. This is a big ol' episode, so strap in, folks. <coughs> Ready? Here we go. Ready? Operation <laughs> Operation Get the Fuck Out of My Chair, Ducat, has begun as the enemy forces advance. Cisco orders the fleet to only attack the Cardassian units as he expects they would be the most likely to break free and pursue, causing a hole in the blockade they can cut through. After a rousing reading of the charge of the Light Brigade, no one tell them how it ends. They engage. As the fleet fires, Ducat in the battle station recognizes Sisko's plan. He plans to make it seem like Sisko's plan is working, opening a hole in the line, but then he will close the line and trap him. Also, the minefield is set to go down in just eight hours. Damar brings up that whole, hey, there's probably conspirators on board, so Ducat agrees to have Kira, Jake, and Lita arrested, leaving Quark the only possible sympathizer not behind bars, or force field, or whatever. Ducat hmm. springs his trap, but Sisko sees his move as Ducat forces two massive warships at the end. Sisko forces all his fire on those ships, but his communications is knocked out by an EM pulse. Meanwhile, Ducat decides to do that whole let's ironically celebrate early thing, which even Wayun is like, calm down, dude. The two drink and discuss the hilarious merits of exterminating all life on planet Earth. Fun! Meanwhile, FemChange tells Odo of their great success so far, to which Odo feels guilty for all the people dying for the station. She reminds him that they are solids, and to help him remove him from that pesky conscience, she's gonna kill Kira. Odo will remember that. Back on the Defiant, they regain communications, but the Federation is losing, and the Defiant has no cloak. They are attacked by four Jem'Hadar ships. The day seems lost when suddenly the Klingons pull a Han Solo and attack from the sides. I mean, it's space, there's like no sides, but you know what I mean. But with only the Defiant making it through, they are the only ones heading towards DS9. Wiyun orders the Defiant to be pursued, but Dukat notes they can easily defeat one ship with the station's defenses. Quark decides to recruit Zial, and they do the classic I brought a souffle for the prisoners ruse. Zial knocks out the security chief with a hypo spray, then Quark surprisingly kills two Jem'Hadar guards. Kira and Rom head to take down the beam while the rest hide. Wayun takes FemChange to Ops to be safe, but Odo decides to stay behind. Kira and Rom are surprised by Jem'Hadar in the hangar bay, but are saved by Odo and his merry band of Bajoran officers. Kira asks Odo why he changed his mind, and while he admits being in the Link was paradise, he just isn't ready for it yet. With precious little time, Rom is not able to take down the emitter, but he does take down the weapon stations in hopes that they can't detonate the minefield. Rom disables the weapons... But it's too late, and the minefield is destroyed just as the Defiant arrives. The Defiant, with no other choices, enters the wormhole in hopes they can do something. Wayun orders the Defiant destroyed, but ain't no weapons on this bad boy now, baby. The Defiant enters the wormhole, and Sisko orders them to fire everything in a suicidal mission to hopefully delay the Dominion long enough. Just then, the Prophets speak to Sisko. They say that Sisko was about to end his life too soon, and that it is not time to end the game. Sisko says the only way they can keep him alive is to destroy the Dominion ships coming through the wormhole. The Prophets reject this, as they do not wish to get involved themselves in corporeal matters. Sisko tells them that they have to choose, either be gods, or the game ends here. They agree to help, 
but vaguely threaten that the price is Cisco will never find rest on Bajor. Cisco finds himself back on the bridge as if no time has passed. He prepares to fight when the Dominion ships just vanish. On Terok Nor, the mood is not great when the Defiant comes out of the wormhole and nothing else does. With the weapon still down and no reinforcements, Damar reveals that 200 Federation ships have broken the line and are heading for Terok Nor. Femchames orders that they abandon the station and Dukat's precious brain snaps in half because seriously, what the fuck just happened? Now his only concern is Zial, who he desperately tries to find. As Fim Change leaves, Weyun asks why worry about Odo, to which he retorts that to her, Odo is more important than the entire Alpha Quadrant. Dukat finds Zial and begs her to come with him, but she says she made her choice and admitted she helped the others escape. She leaves Dukat, but as she turns to say goodbye, she is fatally shot by Damar. He tries to get Dukat to leave, but what's left of his mind, he pretty much crushed into a fine powder. So Damar leaves him alone with Zial's body. The crew retake the station, and mostly everyone is happy. Though in the infirmary, Garrick finds the now dead Zial, and he wonders aloud he never knew why she cared for him, and now never will. The once great gold Dukat is now a babbling mess as he hands over Sisko's baseball to him. Sisko ponders the object, return to him, but probably never the way he envisioned. What do we think of Sacrifice of Angels? This More is probably shit. my favorite episode in the last, like, season or two. It was really uh, good. This episode made me very mad because from now on, when I say that the first six episodes of season six of Deep Space Nine are maybe one of the best things that's ever happened on Star Trek, I have to say, but except for that one episode, <laughs> Sons of Daughters. Yeah. It was yeah. so close to being just perfect. It was mm-hmm. so close. This episode is one of the best episodes of the show. Uh, yes. Hands down. It is uh, remarkable uh, on so many levels. But first I'll get Peter. Peter. No, there was, just, there was so much happening in this episode to enjoy. There was drama between a father and daughter. There was high stakes with Cisco trying to break through a massive, you know, line for, line made by the Dominion and the Cardassians. Everyone is like frantically working on several on several fronts to like get shit done. It was pretty crazy. It was, there there was there was a lot to follow, but that's but that but that is at least one aspect to me that that made it so enjoyable and like God, it's just so good. It's so mm-hmm. good. Yeah, the last time I felt like the show built up to all this so well was uh, that season three episode when uh, they think they're about when uh, the uh, Romulans and Cardassians think they're about to destroy the Dominion oh my planet god and then they realize they got fooled <laughs> hardcore bamboozled bamboozled that, that, that was, was a moment that was great but that was very like that was great for like very all over plot reasons you know what I mean like that was just like a very great a moment like and there were some good character moments too but like it was mostly like look at look at the look at the way they set up those pieces and then knocked them down you know yes this was that but also an incredible series of character moments mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. this is what i wish like tv was all the time yes so even if it's a comedy right yeah mm-hmm. there's some comedies that manage that um and 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 to have like just just like it's not just plot and it's not just character and it's not just action it's like all three are working on a level that is so exciting and enjoyable and everything makes sense and all the characters moves are set up and have payoff and like it ah it's so good <laughs> they made this little six episode three hour movie and it's awesome <laughs> except for yes. that one act God damn it. Yeah. You don't, just you leave that, that part out that I don't think that actually had any um, Effect. overbearing importance to the other five episodes. So just right. it's skip just, that yeah. one. It's fine. Yeah. I, I'm going to make, I think, a, a DS9 skip or watch chart, you know? Yeah. Because I think at least now there's two episodes I definitely want people to skip. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is not as damaging as the Wharf episode, the infamous right. Wharf episode, but it is, it's just like, it just so sucks out the perfect arc. Right. And 
other than Zial coming back, which is unfortunate. But she comes back in such an awkward way. I think it would just be better if you were just like, oh, she's back. <laughs> it gets almost better if you were just like, oh, she's back now? Okay. Okay, cool. Versus like uh, that awkward like sitcom-y episode. Ugh. Yeah, it's Anyways. like, what do you mean she's back? She's always been here. The focus was just never her. Shut up. <laughs> exactly. The Dawn syndrome all over again. <laughs> Don, I think that's clever. Even though I don't like Dawn as a character, I think that's a very clever thing they did in season five of Buffy. Um, where to start? Jesus. Oh, I God. would like to... I mean, I know we don't usually give... Um, I don't know... What do, we, what do we call it? The um, MVP before the recurring character. Right. Um, I don't know if this will be true for the entire season, but certainly for this episode, I would like to give it to Mark Alimo as Goldicott because oh, yeah. he was mm. killing it in this Dude. episode. And actually, I wrote that note right before he had his last conversation with G- with Zial, and I was like, oh boy, I hope I didn't mean that literally. I hope he wasn't going to like lose his mind and kill Zial. And then he didn't. But I did have that, that thought for a second of like, what if he kills her because she betrayed him? Right. Yeah. It's... I, I actually I actually didn't have that thought because like, because if there's anything that anyone has, if there's anything anyone ever told Zial, it's that it's like how much her father loves her. So I didn't see that as a possibility. It was more of just like, where is this going? But he did also, like, disown her a few True. seasons ago. So, right. call it's just kind of a wild card. But in this episode, That's he was fair. great. It's absolutely I, great. That's, I think this episode solidified him as one of my favorite Star Trek characters. Mm-hmm. Um, he's such an interesting, complicated character. For that reason, like you said, where he can... <laughs> Say, ah, die in the station. And then a season later, she dies on the station. And he is devastated. Um, And it makes sense both times, actually. You know what I mean? I think think the thing that's always interesting about Jukata is that he can never not let Zial go. It is sort of the one thing that's always grounded him, you know? He couldn't kill her when he had that whole episode about whether he's not going to kill her. And then, uh, you know, he, he... he ended up coming back for her even though he abandoned her earlier like they they do have this very unhealthy bond but it is a bond Mm -hmm. undeniably and to lose that for Dukat it's like wow he is never gonna be okay yeah that that is a broken man Cardassian but yeah yeah which makes me curious what they're gonna do with him in the in the future because yeah me too uh, 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 because he's so broken um and I think they'll come up with something interesting. Mm-hmm. We'll just have to see. Indeed. But yeah, it's it's so not what I thought was going to happen. I figured they would get DS9 back eventually. It's, it's called Deep Space Nine. Right. I, I always assumed they get it back. But I always assumed it would be like Dukat leaving on a ship like, <laughs> damn you, <laughs> shaky <laughs> fist. But instead he's like, uh, my brain is gone. Yes. Uh, Dukat is not here anymore. <laughs> Please leave a message. Uh Takata's left the building. Um, and that's interesting. It's, I think that's so interesting that they end the season with him, you know, getting the baseball back, like that big moment we were waiting for. And it's not the best victory because it's like they lost a lot of people and, and yeah. uh broken. You can't gloat to a broken, devastated man. Yeah, like I was saying, war is shit. Like if there's any reaction to take from this episode is that war is shit because, like you said, they lost a lot of good people. And that's super tough to do. I mean, granted, I have never been in combat, but I can only imagine what it's like for anyone to lose someone you're close to, like past or present war slash battles, whatever. I, I yeah. cannot imagine what it's like. I mean, yes, I can. I can imagine what it's like to lose a family family member to like to like death or whatever, but not like this. Not like this. Not like this. Like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, I was about to go there. This is just random, but I just feel like I should point this out because I feel like everyone should know this. Uh, that character Switch in the original Matrix was always supposed to be a trans character, which is interesting. Oh. She was supposed to be a man in the real world, and then her avatar was a female in the um, Matrix. But cool. Fox was like, 
nope. <laughs> so instead, they just made her more androgynous. You know, it was like kind of their yeah. compromise. But uh, oh, oh. that's I thought that was a clever idea. It's too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks, nineties. Um, so, anyways, back to the show. Whew, where to start? What do you think about Odo? What do you think about Odo's change of heart? I liked it. I usually I think that the whole. You know, like, I love someone and they changed me. Plot line is kind of stupid. But in this case, it really worked. And I'm really mm. glad that Odo's love for Kira saved him. Right. And, and it's just very sweet. And, and I have a and lot I think of feelings. It, and I think, I think a big part, at least for us, or at least for me, I, y- y- y'all can agree or disagree. At least for me, I think a big reason of, of why it works is because this wasn't, like a romance pseudo romance whatever kindling relationship that was developed over the course of like a two and a half hour movie it's like no this is something that we've known for a long time so it makes sense that you know with all of his conflicting feelings that that we have seen especially in last episode that you know that 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 what that when he was faced with a a, like with an ultimatum he was like this is what he was that 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 you know helping kira and helping everyone else to get back Tarak Nor and make it DS9 again, it makes sense that like that would be his decision. And how God, how fucking great is it that the reason Odo is there in the first place is all the Dominions send all these people out to like assess the danger in the world. But because they sent him out to be with people who aren't his species, he developed a conscience and he can no longer be solved by their or, or taken over by their like manipulation and their ideals. Mm-hmm. And so by trying to save themselves, they have doomed themselves. This, this show rules. This show is so yeah. great. I love yes. this show so much. Like, that is so awesome in terms of narrative payoff. That is just, ah, oh, it's great. <laughs> it just makes me excited. And we shouldn't even be surprised by this because we saw last season, future Odo, oh, you know, yeah. destroyed a planet full well, of people yeah. to save... <laughs> future kira or past kira or something so you know present odo killing a few gem hadar to save kira that shouldn't be surprising but it was still just very satisfying and happy it's not surprising when he's already when he's already killed a few thousand of his friends yeah exactly Let's talk about the action. I was really enjoyed that we had legit space battle that's a literal note Oh and not God. just like space battle, but like legit strategic space battles. Right. Yes. I like that. Instead of like, oh, going guns blazing, it's like, no, we now get to see what they're talking about when they're just like, so we're going to try to build a hole. We're going to we're trying to try to make a hole. Give them a hole. Okay. <laughs> right. It's two very good chess players being like, mm, how about over here? No, how about over here? You know? What? That- what I- what was that episode? From Even if T- the Klingons TOS? come in and just knock the table over, you know, well, like yeah. <laughs> that was the ultimate rage quit. No, what, what was that episode from TOS um, where they were like, where, where, they, where they were like, it was it was like it was like a really like like a really good like a really sleuthy game of cat and mouse. What was that called? Oh, it's uh, just rewatched it. Oh my god, um, it's with the Romulans or it's, something, a, it's right? the first episode with the Romulans, yeah. which is played by the actor who plays Sarek, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yes, so it's a little odd. Oh god, Gosh, I, just I, I forget. It. I forget the name of it. Anyway, but it, it's it's like it's like they it's like they took it's like they took inspiration from that episode, and they were just like, okay, and like they're like, okay, instead of it being like, oh, we can't see each other, it's like, no, you can see everything. But what if like you added guns? Like they're at like they've like like like, like what like what like what if it was like entire fleets, kind of like just just like kind of like circling each other in a, in like in a in a mist yeah. a nebula a nebula a nebula mist but then they see each other and it's like well i guess we're shooting each other now it's it's like, it's like, the, it's like of, the next step in that yeah balance of terror that was it that, balance, yeah yes. which had interesting interesting one because in that one i guess since it's early cloak uh even though, uh discovery doesn't follow us either um they couldn't yes. see like that was the disadvantage of the cloak for the Romulans is they couldn't see out of their ship, so they had to like, kind of use sensors and stuff to guess. So like it was an interesting where the the, you know they couldn't see them they couldn't see either. So it was all about like sort of mind games and where they would go and what they would do. And yeah, Kirk wins the day not through brute force but through outthinking his enemy, which mm-hmm. is and then ends with that wonderful line which I love where it's like, you know, in a different reality in a different life I may have called you friend. Yes. Yeah, which yeah. I think is yeah. really awesome. 
This had those, I totally agree, 110%, Peter. It had a lot of those similar excellent things. And it's, uh, this show definitely said some money. It's certainly 90s graphics for sure. Um, but it definitely, at least they seem like they got a decent enough budget to do this episode. You know what I mean? Right. But mm-hmm. I still think it's a case that they didn't have as much money as they ever wanted, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and I think part of the limitation with Star Trek with these episodes is they usually had to think sort of strategically because they couldn't, you know, do a big battle in the original Star Trek show. So it is more easy to do a sort of mind battle, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. No, I was going to make that comment too. And I think often part of my problem with the Abrams Trek movies is that they're very visually gorgeous. Like no one will deny that they're just beautiful. Right. They're kind of hollow. Like you don't really know what's happening. Mm -hmm. Just stuff explodes and eventually one guy wins and you're like, I guess they won for some reason. And, and that's the thing that I do love about this episode. This is genuinely two very smart generals attacking each other on the side. Yeah. And because of uh, all of the things that you both have just said, um, certainly in television and quite possibly, arguably, even in cinema, this might be my favorite space battle that I've seen. Ooh, Just because we do know what is not only is it, you know, visually really good, despite the fact that it was made, you know, in the 1990s, it's still pretty good, all things considered. Yeah. But also, we know yeah, what's okay. going on strategically, and there's also. Um, you know, you know what the stakes are exactly. And also there's just so many ships and they're all (laughs) firing at each other and exploding and it's awesome. And also really sad because you see a ship the size of the Enterprise just going down. I mean, I know it doesn't really go down because it's in space, but you know what I mean? Being being destroyed and you're like, oh God, there was hundreds of people on that ship and now they're all dead. Um, Yeah, it was was like, it was like, Mm, yep, yeah, not like, but um, I kind of like compare compare contrast it to to like to whenever you're watching Star Wars and it's a big space battle and and so and so yes you know we'll get those we'll get those small moments where where we like you know like three four five ships it was like okay we're gonna go do this follow me but generally in Star Wars it's it's more it's less of okay it's less of the balance that we got in this episode but between between them saying what they were going to do or saying what's happening and then you see it and more of just shit's blowing up mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and that's why it worked uh, absolutely i think i think for me it's still going to be the trench run from a new hope it's going to yeah. be my favorite just because it also does have like a very clear goal sure. and like Mm-hmm. I think that's why it works. It's like go down this thing, shoot this hole, we all win. You don't shoot this hole, we all die. You know, it's very. I don't. It's it's the opposite version. You know what I mean? It's not strategic mm-hmm. at all. It is very like, and that's why I do like the original Star Wars. It is so clean. That movie is just like, there's no edges on that movie, and it's just like, it's just a perfect two hour movie in every way, and uh, and and that's like the, sort of the opposite to me. But I definitely agree. In like in terms of like a strategic space battle in terms of like a battle of wits and mind but also good visuals and interesting stakes and emotional mm-hmm. value like totally yeah, agree yeah, yeah, yeah. 100% yeah and i don't disagree at all with your assessment of of that scene in um, in star wars but i think what makes it different for me is in that there was a bunch of you know single pilot tiny little ships attacking one very big thing and that's cool but what made this this space battle cool for me was there's a whole Rangers. bunch of yeah. really big ships attacking <laughs> each other. Totally, <laughs> and That's it totally was fair. cool. Yeah. There's like just five hundred enterprises just like out there. Yeah, Great. it reminds me of the game uh, Eve Online, which is this. Ooh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. This yeah. is it's this popular game where it takes a long time to build these giant space cruisers, and it's like it's basically a giant space sim. But they will have massive battles sometimes with these huge ships. And there was famously a battle that had, like, every giant Excelsior ship and huge, like, mega ships. And apparently, like, $300,000 in real money worth value ships got destroyed wow. in this battle. And it's crazy. People write about it like like you can read on the EVE Online wiki. It reads like a history paper yeah, about, people, like, 
people sarah people lose and dear listener people lose their minds over this game like like like, like i i will definitely agree with ben about it like i have i i haven't played the game i it, it pops up for me every now and then but but i've watched like a few short a few short clips of videos of like just these massive space battles happening and it's like oh my god like like if, if someone set music to this and set dialogue and was like it was like zipping all around the space like kind of kind of like kind of like a free camera to do, to like to to record shit like they could make this a film if they really wanted to no absolutely and you're right sarah that's an interesting point i never thought about star wars but it is always small ships attacking one big thing Yes, that's kind of interesting. Usually, which a Death is Star. really, Usually a which Death is Star. really interesting and strategic in its own way, and I do not dispute that. But I, I do view them differently. Yeah, yeah. No, this different, is very much strategies. like a naval battle. You know, like that's yeah. why it reminds you of something like Master and Commander. You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and it, and it would make it would make sense. It would make sense since we're gonna since we're talking about a new hope. I will reference specifically that one. It, it would it would make sense that that in a new hope, it's 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 small ships attacking attacking a bigger ship because it's like the because like the resistance in Star Wars is very is very much kind of like a guerrilla warfare force. So right, it like makes sense. The, that, the famous it, opening shot Rick you know shows is like right, tiny so, ship, giant yeah. empire. You know? Yeah, so it's it's just, it's just different strategies. But yeah, I definitely get what you're saying, Sarah. Like I. totally agree with that yeah oh i love you guys this episode is awesome all right (laughs) uh what else is there to say let's talk about quark quark shot some people and he didn't know what to do with himself quark (laughs) killed people like he was frozen like oh god what did i do yeah he did it spur of the moment but he did it Mm -hmm. because those jim and i was so proud of him I knew that Jim and Dar weren't going to just open the cage. That's not Jim nah. and Dar style. Nope. <laughs> but yeah, I was I was proud of him too, Sarah. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Poor Cork, he's gained his soul. Yes. <laughs> his heart grew three sizes. And then not day. only that, but he did it. And then I don't, to say that he felt bad about it might not be quite correct. But he was so surprised with himself that it was completely useless afterwards. Oh, but yeah, right. But he he did the 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 big important deed that made the rest of everything happen <laughs> right he was he was the he was it was the appropriate amount of time for him to be the catalyst the yes. catalyst the mm-hmm. yeah, words to go with like that the whole to just jump back real quick this is sort of similar to go back to the whole like giant ships fighting each other what i liked is that it was all pieces that won the day it wasn't even one single person it right. was yeah it, you needed kira and rom to disable things you needed odo to grow conscience to help them fight off you needed cork to grow conscience to get them out of the cell you needed uh Zee-all cisco's make, brilliant mind you, you need all make a souffle you <laughs> make a souffle you needed uh uh cisco's brilliant mind to get him through everything you know obviously you need everyone in the defiant they're always doing their jobs it was about a whole the entire group winning the day yes. it wasn't just cisco coming in with the one plan uh, and and just being like, aha! I knew all along. Like yeah. I'm the genius. And main and character. if any if any one of those facets had failed, the yes. whole plan would Everything. have failed. Yeah, absolutely. Every, every everyone was Airbud today. Yes. Well, let's talk about the one moment that could be controversial, and I'm curious if you guys will agree or not. We have a slight Deus Ex Machina where he goes into the wormhole, and the aliens decide to take down the ships so first off question is it a deus ex machina and even if it is do you care i have a literal note that says prophets x wormhole <laughs> <laughs> uh so yes and that, that was that was as they were going into the wormhole before the prophets even showed up so yes of course that was going to happen um i'm not entirely sure and i'm sure that that this is the point that I'm not entirely sure what the the prophets have planned for Cisco with that your pa is going to walk a different path or whatever. Um, yeah, does this mean Cisco rest. could die by the end of the episode or he's going or by the show, excuse me, um, or he's going to go join the prophets or that just mm. means he's going to, I don't know, be an admiral on Earth, but never set foot on Bajor again, or yeah. I don't know. It leaves yeah. a lot of questions. Yeah, because it's like, because it's like, okay, prophets, what are you doing? Like, are you treating this as a Moses? You will never touch touch foot in the promised land. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Sarah, honestly, Sarah, when you mm-hmm. said that, that's that like like just now, that's a little, thank yay for being yay for being that's raised. Smart. 
Christian, I can make this reference, like, in my head, thanks to it. I immediately was just like, Moses, no promised land? Damn it, who's going to be Jacob? Or, um, fucking, who was, who was the guy who, after him? Who was his successor? Aaron? Was it Aaron? I feel like I don't actually know. That part I forget, and I feel really bad about it. Oh, wow. Probably not um, Jacob, because Jacob was one of his yeah. predecessors. Yeah. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, but I don't actually know who, who they immediately... They Joshua. Oh, okay. It could, it could be Joshua. Yeah, the appointment of Joshua to be Moses' successor. Mm. Right. Well, now I want to watch Prince of Egypt again. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, yeah. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. Um, yeah, I, I I, did not... I mean, certainly it's a taste of And the question is, does it do something interesting or not? It's like the Avatar thing. I didn't love that they did an Avatar with the spirit bending, but spirit bending becomes very interesting in Korra. So at least it goes somewhere. Yes. You know? That is true. Um, so that kind of saves it for me. Also, I think they kind of introduced that whole, like, you have to kill him and that's your moral problem. He never worried about that till season three. So it felt like it, they kind of made that and then fixed it that season. Um, so for me, yes, it's, it is certainly they, they do everything. I think the thing that helps is, one, Cisco does not purposely go in there to ask them. He doesn't right. go in there to be right. like, help, mom. The Dominion are beating me up. No, he goes in there like, I'm going to die. And then when, as soon as he shows up, he's like, what do you want? I'm, to, I'm busy. I'm, I'm busy. trying to do something. <laughs> and he's like, look, if you don't want to stop it, you, you just you got to do something. All right. You can't just yell at me, you know, like figure your own shit out. So mm. at least I like that. And the second thing is it does have that. And I wonder if Ronald Moore had a lot to do this because it reminded me so much of Battlestar Galactica. It does have that deeper sort of religious element where it adds something different where it's like okay they purposely say we're gonna do this but it'll cost you there's a cost so it's not just like an easy slate of like that is my one problem with the magic space turtle and avatar is it's just like here you go <laughs> yeah here's yeah. a third option you know mm-hmm. it, it it is some doing stuff but hopefully if it pays off i guess that's a big thing now it has to pay off otherwise it yeah a deus ex machina and i I have faith that it will oh and i also i guess don't mind because the whole blowing the minefield thing they could have just not stopped that they they could have just shifted that so ron did it right before you know what i mean yeah Yeah. like it wasn't like a like there's an easy way to rewrite that whole thing if they didn't want to do the profits you know so i think it's more Mm -hmm. like they clearly have a plan for the profits and that they're going to pay off and so hell the profits could have you know jumped back in time five minutes and just made it so that rom beat them that's absolutely true it's absolutely true they they literally could have made it a fucking um life is strange situation where it's like rom already did it they're just back in time five minutes now also this is true also, by the way, quick question, uh, Ben. Did you just say uh, for, for for Avatar? Did you just say space? <coughs> did you just say space turtle just now? <laughs> I was confusing that with the uh, uh, Stephen King just, thing. <laughs> it's not a space turtle. It's like a land turtle. No, yeah, no, yeah, no, no. It's just, no, it's, fu- it's funny. Sea because, turtle. I, I, no, I, 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 I figured that's what you meant, but it's just like. It's but like, he had like a whole island on him. Remember? He had like a well, whole... yes. No, 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 I thought that was Discworld. That is also Dis- a thing. D- yes. Discworld has a space turtle, and uh, Stephen King has a space turtle. Oh, I didn't realize that Stephen King did too. Yeah, it it the book it talks a lot about a space turtle. <laughs> oh, I guess, I guess if I read the book, I would know that, but I personally probably won't read the that's, book because that's, I saw the movie that's with one of those you. things that the director of it was like nope <laughs> that's yeah. not in the movie and i probably never will because i saw the movie it with you ben and you know how i was the, that entire time and i don't want to put myself through that through through text because i know my imagination will, will run wild this is true this is true i love that book but he was clearly on drugs. <laughs> he was clearly <laughs> on a lot of drugs. Um, but that actually kind of makes it interesting. All right. Anyways, let's not yep. talk about my thoughts about it. Um, is there anything else you guys want to say for sacrifice of angels? Uh, I mean, how about Zial, man? Sad. Yeah. I'm glad that they did. But I thought still fucking bummer. That, I that. was absolutely certain that she was going to die by the end of that scene. Same. Um, I actually didn't. It was a real shock to me when she got oh, shot. Oh, really? 
Like, yeah, uh, the, I did. the last episode before, I was like, oh, I think ZL's the one who's not going to make it. <laughs> I think someone's not going to make it, and I think it's ZL. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I went, like, when she turned around, she got shot, like, like I mean, like, I didn't, like, ju- I, I wasn't, like, you know, that stereotypical person in a movie theater who, in a movie theater, when, like, when, like they spilled all of their popcorn or anything, <laughs> which, 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 by the way, like, I, I, I don't know if anyone goes to an AMC theater to, to watch, to watch their movies, but, 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 but like, they have, like, this new opening intro now. Um, or intro now, where, where instead of it being like computer generated, it's now it's now like real life people, and so they have a guy who's sitting who's sitting with like this totally overfilled bag of popcorn. It's a large popcorn, I'm sure, <laughs> and like everyone freaks out, and he like spills like half the damn thing on himself, and and someone behind him, and mm-hmm. the two people next to him, just like really, but yeah, it it wasn't that bad, but it was like it was it was like it was it was kind of like a mini jump scare for me. I was just like, oh shit. You know what the problem with that AMC thing is. That assumes that you have not eaten your popcorn until the dramatic reveal at the end of the movie, which is some bullshit. You even finished your popcorn true. thirty minutes into the movie, sir, like either, a normal either, either human being. Eaten, I finished my popcorn like by the time the previews are done. <laughs> right, honest, exactly. Yeah. At the very, at the very least, you have you have eaten enough so that that, does, so that you don't spill it on yourself. Yes. Okay, maybe I'll accept that you got a refill, but still, like maybe, I don't but, know. But it's like, do you really want to take? But it's like, especially depending on the time of day or evening you go, do you really want to spend like you know fifteen minutes getting more popcorn? Exactly. Yeah. Though AMC does, some AMC's have those ones where you can just get it, and I would totally steal popcorn all the time at those AMC's. I, oh, dude, I, didn't I was know a that. terrible person. I'm I so have not. Bad. I don't think we have like those that. in Texas. I, there was one in Austin, I think. Mm. I forget where it was. No, yeah, I, I I have not experienced an AMC like that, and I I've been to no, it was in Sugarland. It was in Sugarland. Oh, it was in Sugarland. <laughs> yeah. Huh. yeah. Okay. So if you're in Sugarland, they have an open bar with all the popcorn, and you're supposed to go pick it up and pay for it. But often there was nobody there, so it'd just be like mine. I think I know. Yeah, the the one. Yeah, I think yeah the one the one that the one that was the one that was near where you used to live. That's near where I live now. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize that. I, or maybe they changed the layout. I don't know. I, I never get food mm-hmm. in a the movie theater because I'm not about to pay five bucks for a bottle of water. This is true. All Anyways, right. Star Trek. Star Trek. We can, we're mostly on topic. We're only 90% mm-hmm. off the rails. Yeah, we're pretty good. <laughs> only 90% only off the 90%. rails. Um, yes. Uh, Zial's death was very sad, but I, I thought she had a good character arc throughout the yeah. show. And I don't feel like she was fridged. I can understand if it because it wasn't like motivating a character you know and it wasn't like mm-hmm. a and she had like an arc and a story and it was like part she of her did. dramatic right it was part of a dramatic thing that she chose the resistance over Dukat and that got her killed you know unfortunately mm-hmm. that's like, what unfortunately happens. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah was, but not a... by Dukat himself which I was going to be really mad at his I character so if he did kill her but yeah. he did not and now he's just lost his mind because his daughter died and yeah. um I don't know if if that counts as refrigeration, but I'm I'm okay with it so far. Yeah, partially because it doesn't just inspire him. You know what I mean? I think that's part right. of the fridge problems. It's like you know you kill a female character, so the male character goes, "Oh my god, I must go and defeat my enemy." Because yeah. look at the stakes I have now. <clears throat> yeah the 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 true test on whether on whether or not she was fridged will 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 come it will come in finding out will come not finding out come in seeing how um how Garrick develops from this moment. Exactly. Like if if he uses it as motivation, then it's like oh, okay, what the fuck. But if he doesn't, if it's more of just something that wears on his mind because you know it's like. Like he said, he didn't know why she why why she didn't know why she cared for him. He never will. Like that's that's a really wow. Now that I'm thinking back to that moment again, that's a really fucked up, quieting, disturbing moment. Yeah, no, I think that's why. It gave me a lot of feelings. Yeah, that's why I don't think she's a fridge character. Yeah, if a character reacts like that instead of like "I will avenge you," it is like, "I will kill all of them." Like mm. it's it's just this sad melancholy of like, yeah, nobody's ever loved me, and I don't know why she did, and that's mm-hmm. really fucking sad. And war sucks. Yeah, war okay, can I, sucks. Can I just say that is such a good word, melancholy, because dear lord, that describes so many episode endings that we have experienced in this show, where it's like, where it's like, yeah, you know, the good guys are like came out on top, but that final glance, that final chord. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to watch. The, I think because TNG was a little bit of a development between that, 
and why I think some people prefer TNG because there is a lot more levity. But yes. TNG was the first show that I feel like started, and, and Star Trek does too. Like the end of that Pounce Terror episode ends with um, Kirk being like, you know, this guy died, and then like uh, this woman is about to get married. She loses her husband yeah. at the end, and like the end is like this really interesting, almost like. 70s shot of just Kirk just walking alone in a hallway and it's just kind of this weird somber quiet sad shot it's mm. very odd and it's interesting um uh but mostly it ends with like a no oh, Spock you're so weird and uh and TNG had a lot of that too but then TNG also has like the inner light where you just end with a uh, Picard playing a flute very sadly yeah. mm-hmm. and uh or I think Outcast this the... where uh Riker oh my god that couldn't episode. save What's her name? I can't remember her name, but he couldn't save her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was so sad. So I think they were slowly working their way up, and DS9 is the one where, like, perhaps because they had less viewers, you know, it was never, it was unpopular in terms of, like, you know, the 90s, which means, like, 10 million people, which is so insane. Like, I, <laughs> I still think about the fact that Twin Peaks was canceled for having bad ratings, and I think its worst ratings was, like, 9 million people. And I was like, what? Dude, come on. Times have changed. Yep. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. a show that gets 3 million people now is, like, a hit. Like, it's a big hit. Well, I mean, um, I, I'm pretty sure we've talked about either on this podcast or, like, just with each other and, and the rest of Tuscan Shed, you know, you gotta be you gotta bring in big numbers because they're, they're not you don't have to bring in as big of numbers because they're so fucking much to watch yeah absolutely and platforms to watch them on it's mm-hmm. true and um yeah and so uh, uh i forgot my point oh that ds9 i feel like got to do this you know what i mean they yeah, got to yeah. explore more and got to be this kind of show off to the side and why I think it was slowly discovered and rediscovered hey. um, over the years uh, because it's just one of those shows that we all heard. Like, it's so good. You don't understand. And after these six episodes, I understand. I definitely yes. understand. Yes. We, we get it. We get it. Well, I think it's a good place to any unless there's anything else we uh, want to say. All right. Well, next episode <laughs> is... Uh, <laughs> one Sarah won't be excited about. Next episode is season six, episode seven, and episode eight, which are you are cordially invited. <laughs> okay, may I just say about that? So I was over at my friend Steve's place, who who I've told told all of you several times loves that I'm, loves that we're doing this. Um, I was over there yesterday. I watched this episode with them. Sarah, there was a shot in this episode towards the end that you will die for. I'm sure. Oh. I'm sure oh. I will. Yup. I'm just saying, like, I saw it. I literally, I out loud was just like, Sarah. He. <laughs> That's lovely. Okay, well, I'm and... excited for that. <laughs> and there's also the episode Resurrection. As mm. always, I want to mm. thank my lovely co-host for joining me every week on this journey. Our theme song is by Captain Meatshield. You can check him out on Twitter at CBTN underscore Meatshield. We are a part of the Tuscan Shed Media Network. You can see more of our shows at TuscanShed.com. If you like the show, like, subscribe, rate, and review it any way that you can. It helps new listeners discover our show. Until next time, this is the crew of Geekspace 9 signing off. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. I was talking to my girlfriend last night about um, a lesbian movie from the 90s called Bound, which I have not uh, cha- not seen. And she I was flabbergasted that I had not seen this. So good. Sarah. And so one good. of my very first questions about the film was, which one of them dies? Neither of them. It's crazy. Really? She, t- she told me she thought both of them died. No. Really? Oh God, has been. I totally swear the end. Well, now I have Fine. to watch this because it's all just up in the air. It's Schrodinger's lesbian. The all right, mystery. we're taking a we're taking a quick Wikipedia break. I'm gonna put in some, okay. some Jeopardy music or something because I gotta figure this out. <laughs> yes, Schrodinger's lesbian. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that again.
Okay, I'm gonna use this opportunity to turn off my ceiling light. Yeah, okay, and turn the lamp so I'm gonna read the hurt. end of this thing right here. Okay. You ready? Yes. So, which she makes dry by driving off hand in hand with Corky, the lesbian. They drive off into the sunset, Sarah. What? <laughs> Why have I not seen this? I told you. I did not remember this incorrectly. <laughs> this is Oh my god. This is a great movie. I'm 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 texting Katie right now. Yeah, you need to watch it. Yes. Written by she's two at work, trans but she'll women. See this I later. mean, like it's amazing movie. I mean they were men at the time, but you know, they were always trans women from, mm. from how I view that. Yeah. I apologize for this change in view and lighting, but my ceiling light was like just my left eye can't take it. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> totally fine. Sarah needs to desperately text that they have to uh, see this. Again, it's cute because like Jennifer oh. Tilly is like this like gangster mall style like like lipstick lesbian with all these like uh, suits and stuff, and uh, Gina Gershon is like a cool like greaser mechanic type mm-hmm. lesbian it's really terrible. okay i'm not gonna lie you said you, like you said jennifer tilly and all i heard was tilly and i was like what's discovery huh Tilly. <laughs> all right ready to go on to the next episode uh yes uh, yeah now that i've texted my girlfriend in all caps with at least three spelling errors you lied how excited to me. i am <laughs> no not you lied you just apparently neither of them die in bound and they drive off into the sunset we have to watch bound i said bound twice that's fine <laughs> she knows i'm drinking this wine <laughs> yeah. yep all right this is gonna make a good end of the show a uh, little little bit here yes all right coming back in <clears throat>